Hello, I'm Joshua. And I'm Mary, and welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. We are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll meet guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the Heart. Hello, Hi, Mary. Joshua. <laughs> ah, same time. First time ever we did that. I know. Good luck. Usually our rhythm is better, but you know, that's how we just we just barreled right over each other. How you doing, my friend? I'm wonderful. So glad to be here today. It is wonderful to be here. You know, two and a half years we've been doing this TV has show and radio really? show. Yeah. Wow. It's been that long. And I was just, because I was literally just talking about this to someone yesterday and how wonderful it's been mm-hmm. to talk to so many great artists and leaders and politicians and uh, people who are shaping our arts community. Yes. And the stories we've heard. The stories we've heard and how we've gotten to know our organizations in such a deeper way. Mm-hmm. You know, when you read a paragraph about them and their mission statement, it doesn't it's not it doesn't transit the same as a full hour conversation about all the different programs and the outreach and the education opportunities and all the different things that our organizations are doing. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's been so fun to get it to has. know them. Not only that, you've been able to connect people. And actually, so have I. It's been so nice to go, well, have you ever met? Because yeah. I remember her talking about wanting to do this and looking for what you're mm-hmm. looking for. So it's so nice to be able to kind of be a yenta for the talented ones here. Yeah. And, you know, it was interesting. I just had um, coffee yesterday with Franco Cologne. Do you remember the young group of guys that did a friend show? Yes, yes. And um, he is, a, he's just, he's a, he is a game changer, like creative, passionate, just a, a really cool kid. And Senior he, high school, right? Yeah. Well, no, he's older now. He just turned 21. Oh, so okay. I guess he's not really a kid. He's right. a, a young, a young adult. But um, he's going to be doing, uh, uh, he does photography and videography and all that stuff. But he's writing a couple of really cool shows right now that I think we're going to try to put in our theater. But he's also taken on with a bunch of, you know, friends of his from from young guys in the artistic community, the um, Humans of Orlando. So, you know, the Humans of New York series that's been going on. So they're creating this Humans of Orlando. They have the fan page. They have all of this. And they're going to make it happen. Create a book. So it's just neat to see, you know. These young entrepreneurial spirits out there mm-hmm. uh, just wanting to do some cool stuff in our I community. I love that. Um, so hopefully we can help spur those conversations on in the show. And we do. I, you know, I didn't even tell you this, but I got a call from Donald, from your uh, theater director yes. at Central Florida Community Arts. Uh-oh, what's who, he up to now? He's starting a female improvisational group. Yeah. And I got a call. That's really awesome. So right it's now. It's something that we don't have. We have we have SAC, which is a wonderful mm-hmm. um, improv uh, and of course, we have some improv things happening in the theme parks, um, but we don't have an all-female improv troupe that meets on a regular basis that we know of. Mm-hmm. So we're like, sure, let's do it. And think of the things you could do. I, we met with Tabitha last week, and one of the things that excited me is we could go to outreach programs, some women's mm-hmm. shelters, and you can heal through laughter. You know that. Absolutely. And you can look at things differently. And I'm so excited that we can bring some laughter and then have some good conversation mm-hmm. and and do a, have a little fun. Well, you know this better than anybody because you have a career and you've had you have and had ha, have have and had. There we go. I got it. <laughs> uh, a career in laughter mm-hmm. and that breaks down barriers and breaks down walls mm-hmm. in places and and in situations that normally might be hard. And so um yeah, in the prisons or in in some of our you know communities where we go and do uh, outreach um you know opportunities, but also in things like in homeless 
outreaches and all sorts of stuff that you guys could do. Absolutely. So I'm very I'm excited, super excited about, about that. It. But you have another project that you're working on that we were just chatting about before the show started. Yes. Tell us about it. Well, I want to start working in particular with ages 10 to 12. And so I've come up with a syllabus. I've recently just about completed it. I think that's a good age um, between childhood, the innocence of childhood, and getting into the complications of adults, in particular in interacting. So I have an improv class that I'm going to start, but basically the exercises that are in this improv class are to get children ready to learn how to have conversations that are more effective and more revealing of who they are and Mm. what they're trying to say. Mm. And there are just certain techniques that improvisers use that can help these children, starting with the basics of an eye contact and then working with thinking about how you tell your story. So we'll work on storytelling, but also how you listen and the type of questions that you ask to get someone who's not aware of these little things that you can do to spur on a conversation that's not just, oh, we talked. Mm. No, we like had a moment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the kids would say. But every conversation can be a moment. I love that. And to get them at that age, which is when it's the most impressionable age, that middle school age, my little niece is 10 going on 22 um, and she's going into sixth grade, uh-huh. and it's amazing how impressionable she is right now. Yes. Everything, she swings this way or that way, depending on what her friends want and what isn't. You know, she hears on the news, and it's just really interesting. So, what a cool age group to to and really. That's the age where we often kind of have an idea of what we want to do with our life. Mm. And so, if you're at that age and you know how to ask someone who's doing it what it is they do in a way that will help you know if you're really going to resonate to that. Yeah. I just, I, it's exciting what that can offer them. Well, how great is this? It's continuing the work that you're doing in a variety of ways using improv to to uh, open doors of conversation. Like when we did the work with the UCF medical students, yes. sending them off as doctors and yes. that work. And then we're doing an event together with Share the Care uh, for caregivers yes. uh, in a month or so. So uh, improv, it can open uh, wonderful opportunities uh, and great conversation. So mm-hmm. that's so cool. Thank you. Good for you, Mary. Well, um, we could talk all day about all the great things you're doing, and I would love to do that. But, you know, we have a guest today. I'm excited about our guest. We probably should talk guest. to him. What do you think? I, well, he looks He's so pretty cool. funny yes. and, and charming and, and talented. But and, once he talks, no one's going to want to hear right. us. Right. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, as soon as he says hello, nobody's going to, they're going to tune us out. Now Mary. they're wondering what we're talking about. Yeah. So let's talk, let's okay. tell him who he is. So, <laughs> So Gabriel Priester is with us today. He's the executive and artistic director of Opera Orlando. That is a big title. Tell us what you do, Gabriel. Oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. Yes, there's the voice. Such an introduction, so much pressure. Uh, Well, thank you guys for having me first and foremost. It's uh, impressive and exciting to watch what you guys do and I I get to see not just this facet, but also see you on the community and Mm. uh, uh, it's you, you're beautiful people, and your work in the community is beautiful. So right thank you, you, sir. Thank you. Right we appreciate back at that. You. Well, we're uh, we're happy to be here. Uh, last time we were here was a year ago, exactly a year ago. Wow, has and it been that long? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Opera Orlando has now been around for a year and a half. Uh, we came back last year to announce our 16-17 season, and uh, the results are in. We sold out. Wow. wow. Our entire season. Good for wow. You. That is amazing. Now you had just moved. A year ago, when you were here, right? You just had a new, just got a new space. Well, um, we we performed last season in the Pew Theater, mm-hmm. uh, which is part of the Dr. Phillips Center, right? Um, and we had been in there one season prior to okay. that, but we had changed our name from Florida Opera Theater to Opera Orlando. Ah, so that was the big change that, the big news. Mm-hmm. Okay. that we made. And uh, since that time, it's really kind of taken off. We've uh, reestablished our partnership with the Orlando Phil, and they are our uh, 
orchestra partner, our resident band, if you will, there at the Pew Theater. Uh, They were doing opera productions when Orlando Opera closed down. They kind of took that over, and it was very um, nice of them, shall we say, to pass the baton. Oh, musical pun. Pass the baton over to us. So sorry about that. yeah, so they're they're playing for us again this next season, um, which uh, starts in November, and we're again at the Pew Theater at the Dr. Phillips Center. We, we've had a crazy year. It's just so much to talk about. It's where to begin, because uh, we also had Steinmetz groundbreaking mm-hmm. last year, which will That's be the right. future home for the Philharmonic, the opera, and the ballet. And so we were excited to be a part of that conversation and, and see our home. I love that. So around. much to talk about. So let's back up for just a second, because... Some of you that are listening might not know the kind of the history of 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 opera here in our community, and so in in a small way, let's give a shout out to uh, David Schillhammer and the leadership of of the Orlando Philharmonic, who did step up. Unfortunately, when Orlando Opera had to close their doors, um, and then Eric Jacobson came in, the new music director of the Philharmonic, and continued that legacy for a couple of a couple of shows mm-hmm. and then through um, conversations and the idea and spirit of partnership and collaboration right. and playing to our strengths and all of that um, all of these wonderful people came to the table and said let's let's put this back together and let's give it back to upper Orlando but let's support and so really it is it is a beautiful partnership it was really important for us to have one voice in the community for opera mm. um, opera has had a special history shall we say in yes. the community a roller coaster of ups <laughs> and downs um, but we have this fresh new energy about us and luckily the support from the Philharmonic and the mm-hmm. community and the donor base the future is bright for opera mm. so Gabe why do you think you know I, I love opera it is is such a beautiful genre but it's probably in any community, one that is difficult to get to resonate with every person. Why do you think that is? I mean, why do you think it's so hard to build an opera fan base or mm-hmm. community of opera lovers? Well, when you the, the stereotype mm-hmm. when you first hear the word opera is fat lady with horns <laughs> and uh, uh, an older group of people coming to watch that fat lady sing with their monocles, you know, kind of the uh, Muppets guys up in the balcony. Oh, look at that, Mars. I can't believe you're saying, oh, that was terrible. I can't remember those guys' names. You know the guys I'm talking yes. about, Mary. Yes, I do. Uh, from Muppets? From Muppets. the Muppets. Oh, yes. yes. Waldorf and Historia or... No, it's two that's different the, hotels. Isn't that a hotel? That's what they're named after. Is that so, I didn't know that. Yes, it's two different major... I'll think of it. Uh, I will look it up. You keep going. That's a fun oh, fact. that's so okay. funny. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> Figures I would get it wrong, but it is too. So that's what people visualize is that's what opera is. And it's just not true. Um, opera has been around for a long time. It's been around for 400 years. And because of that, there are so many different styles and genres and approaches to how opera can be presented. So it's our job to um, expose people to that and educate a little bit mm-hmm. with our productions and we also have a very unique opportunity at the Pew Theater because it's so intimate. It sits 300 seats mm. where we can have immersive theater um, and include the audience. Uh, we, we did Don Giovanni last year, which was set on a college campus. And uh, you should have seen the look on the lady's face when I offered her a French fry in the first <laughs> row. <laughs> I remember that. Well, were they crunchy the and warm? <laughs> They've been sitting out a while. There yeah, you yeah. Go. That's funny. So how do, you, how do you think, Gabe, under your leadership now, that you're going to be able to make opera more accessible to, to everybody in this community. What are some, besides the immersive experience at the yeah. Pew, what are some other things that you're doing? Well, we really have to be ingrained in the community. Um, I think a danger with fine arts groups 
um, like opera and I'll throw in the ballet and the orchestra there as well, mm-hmm. is it uh, becomes a big ticket item. You know, it becomes about the gala and only certain people that can come see it. If for us to be relevant, we need to be out there in the community doing in-school programs. Uh, we have a fabulous youth company re- led by Robin Jensen. And mm. just to give you an example of kind of what, we, what we're doing to achieve that, uh, we're partnering with the Holocaust Center and Florida uh, FSYO, Florida Symphony Youth Orchestra, oh, awesome. to do a production of Brundabar this wow. November at the Jewish Community Center in Dr. Phillips. And Brundabar is an opera... Um, was written before the Holocaust um, concentration camps began, but then it was revived at one of these camps. It's a very interesting story, if you don't mind me going on a tangent. No, please no, do. Please do. Um, it was revived at one of the camps? Yeah, so uh, Theresienstadt was the name of the camp, and they knew that the Red Cross was coming to inspect these camps to see how Hitler was treating the Jews, because there had been rumors that he mm. wasn't being nice. Mm. Um, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you could see the look on my face, and my, my rolling eyes. Um, so the people running Theresienstadt thought it would be good if they said, oh, well, why don't we do a production, a show? It, let's do this show that you guys wrote. The, they were prisoners, the composer and the librettist who wrote Brundabar. Um, so they put on a show just to save face in front of the Red Cross and show, mm. isn't Theresienstadt a model Look at, this, look at this cultural look at this hub great. and how well we yeah. are being treated. Wow. And then, of course, all of the people that participated in that were sent to other camps and did yeah. not survive yeah. the Holocaust. But the work survives. And it was really the Holocaust idea to have it be part of their Kristallnacht celebration, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a big deal in the Jewish community. And we're, we're excited to be a part of it. And then to also to teach the story. Which is so beautiful and needed S- to be such heard. a powerful story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cantor is such a great leader at the yes. Holocaust and always yes, has is. such a great vision of collaborations. Uh, what a cool experience for the young students yes. who are playing in the orchestra as well for them to be able to to yeah. learn that history. I you mean, grow that's up amazing. fast when you hear stories like that. You really do, mm-hmm. and to be in that space mm-hmm. as well and be able to do it—that's very, very cool. So it's our hope to find those collaborative moments and partners in the community and. In addition to that, we're also launching a young professionals group, which you both are invited to be a part of because you're young and professional. But aren't you supposed to be single? No, no, not necessarily. It's, it's not. It's not a, a matchy matchmaker type thing. Matchmaker, I mean, matchmaker. Place to find a date is the Wouldn't opera, be? but still, right? If that happens, well, hey, why not? That you can add that to. It's your not a prerequisite. We take anybody at it's this not, point. Okay, we're, fine. We're My still husband and I will be there. Yes, please. Yes, please. And we're we're calling it the Forte Society, um, and that will have after party VIP uh, after party invitations, so special forte events. Is forte. a musical term, and it means what? It means that you're forty. It means no. <laughs> <laughs> it just means loud. It, it's loud. So yes. this party is going to be loud. They're going to be loud. And yeah, maybe some karaoke parties. <laughs> I love the opera only, right? Opera, <laughs> opera, okay. Do they uh, have maybe. that? Okay. Do they have that? We're going to well, start it, Well, tell us when Mary. we come back because we're going to be it. back in just a few moments. We're here on Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. Yeah. Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, and I'm here with my astute, sagacious, and erudite co-host, 
Joshua Vickery, I'm so happy to be doing this show with you. Oh, it's my honor. Especially today with people with amazing voices. <laughs> and I say people because we've been speaking with Gabe Pricer, but right now we're also being joined by Kanitha Mitchell, who is going to also be representing what's going on with the Opera on Park Summer Concert Series. Very excited that we're learning about Opera Orlando's uh, current offerings and their history. Welcome, Kanitha. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. That's such a pretty name, by the way. Thank you. I was uh, named after my dad. His name is Kenneth. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And that's how I, most people are, remember my name because I tell that story. Then they say Kenneth, Kennethia, and I say Kenethia. I love that. It's so pretty. Very pretty. So tell us about the Opera on Park Summer Series. I love the tagline, a portal into the essence of the art of singing. What does that mean? It's intimate. It's an intimate space. It's at the University Club and Winter Park. So you get these opera singers off of the big stage, even mm. though they've had big careers like Kenethia and Dan Belcher, a baritone who sung in Tokyo, a Grammy Award winner, actually. Yeah. And also Wendy Bryn Harmer, who sings at the Met as a regular. You get them off of those big stages. You get them in a, a uh, intimate setting, yeah. doing some different rep, doing some opera, but also some art song. Tell, tell me a little about the music you're doing. Okay, yeah. so on my program, I am doing some arias, but I'm also doing um, some French pieces by Debussy. I'm doing nice. some German songs um, by Schubert. So I really love this intimate setting that you speak of, Gabe. Um, I like singing on the big stage doing um, characters and developing, having that opportunity to develop a character, but having that intimacy to really um, give, I don't know, have that connection with your audience. Mm. First of all, they are not um, 200 seats deep, <laughs> so um, they're very close to you. They can see the spit leaving from your voice, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. They're in the splash zone. Yeah, they're like being spit are. by an opera singer. Kenithia, that. That's yes. true. When you sing a song in an intimate intimate space, you just said you like the being able to look right in people's eyes and be right there yeah. with them. Do you not have a character for each song there as well? Um, I usually try to build a character or a feeling throughout for a song group. Like in the French song group that I'm singing, uh, Fleur Jeté. Um, so I'm singing about beautiful flowers. And I think it just takes us through love in general. Mm. Um, speaking of the heart speaking of how to connect with one another on probably on a spiritual level. Um, So really you don't have that opportunity to do that on a big stage. When you do that in the theater, of course, when they come, they get the goosebumps Mm. and they feel all of that wonderful. Um, But they really feel like they're pulled into their own life experiences. And so I think that's really my I don't know, my talent is to be able to speak to one and to speak to the heart of many. And so really that's my goal. When I sit down and I even pick up a piece of music to learn it, I try to find how to connect on a personal level, mm-hmm. not just to sing a piece and make pretty tones, um, but really how to connect. And that's how really to, lovely. She yeah. just said to speak to the heart of one, but to many. Um, yes. 
stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah. You, so they get they get the kinesia that's, uh, that's really connecting with them, and you're able to look them in the eyes, we were saying. Absolutely. But in this kind of space, you know, when you're on the big stage, mm-hmm. not only can you not see their eyes, that's you true. usually can't even see them at all, right? The lights are blinding you, and it's yeah, hard. They, it, they become shadows. Yeah. So how, in, in this kind of space, where not only can you look them in the eye, but you can see their emotion, how does that fuel you as a singer? So you talked about how you are able to give back to them, but how, what does that do for you as a performer to be um, able to watch them um, react to what you're doing? For some people, it's probably nerve-wracking, and they don't really want to have that uh, direct eye contact, and they may look off. But I try to find specific people in the audience mm. that I can say a particular emotion to. Um, and I think it helps me to grow as a person because I get to feel the room, get to feel the audience. And I see, I don't know, I want to say I've, I feel what they're longing for, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it helps to build me up. It makes sense to us. For someone listening out there who wonders mm-hmm. what it's like for an artist on stage to mm-hmm. feel the audience, well, tell them what that means to you and what they, how they might use that in life. Okay, so the excitement from the audience is electrifying, Mm. uh, to say the least. And it helps uh, the performer on stage to want to sing more. Um, It makes you feel like, oh, I have something to give Mm. back. And and it really makes you feel uh, quantified as an audience. Um, because you have that connection back and forth with the audience. And then for me, as personally, as a singer, I feel like I've done my job. Mm. And so that means the most to me. Kanithia, I like you. Not that it matters, <laughs> but you're just wonderful. And you, Thank you. You have such great passion for yeah. just your artistry in general and you're a great spokeswoman locally here for opera. I can Thank tell you, you that. Yeah. You should use her more. We're lucky to have Put her, her on Thank more radio you. shows. But um, tell us, how did you get started in opera? Why did you choose oh this, this genre and this life okay. and all of that? Okay, <laughs> let's make this a short story. <laughs> <laughs> well, Well, um, okay, so I'll do it in parts because it can go really long. So the very first part of it is I've always wanted to be a singer ever since I could open my mouth. Um, My first grade teacher told my mother that you need to get her in some kind of singing thing because she sings the loudest of (laughs) everyone in the whole class. So Uh, that was first grade. Then we jump ahead to freshman in college. Um, I had to decide what I wanted to do in life, and I knew I wanted to be a singer. I used to always practice in the mirror with a hairbrush. Yes, you oh my that gosh, girl. really? Yes, I was that one. <laughs> However, I was going to be the next Patty LaBelle. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's what I wanted go. to do. I was just going to so ask. I was that. singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And then when I got assigned a voice teacher as a freshman in college, um, my voice teacher said to me, okay, so what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, I want to be a pop singer. And she said, okay, can you sing something for me? And I sang Somewhere with the Rainbow. And then she said, okay, try this. So she pulled out a little Italian art song called Cato Mio Ben. And then I sang it behind her. She just sang a line. and She said, mimic me. And so I did that. Were you able to read music at this time? No. Okay. No. So I just sang what she did, right? And... I knew at that moment my voice was built 
for classical singing. Mm. I did a double take in the room as if somebody came in and jumped inside of me <laughs> and started singing because I had never heard this from my own body before. Wow. I didn't know it was possible. I had never heard of opera before. I had <sighs> never been to an opera. I had never heard it before on the radio, live, anywhere. So it was completely Best story ever. Yeah. <laughs> completely brand yeah. new to me. So I, at that point, I began to be become a sponge. I learned everything. So I didn't just study sopranos because I was a soprano. I studied Fischer Dieskau, who's a, a baritone. I studied tenors. Mm-hmm. I studied um, everybody. So males and females. It so didn't when you matter. say you studied, were you listening to recordings? I were you was. Watching on video? vinyl. On vi- oh. Hey, there we go. Tell what? What's that? <laughs> she yeah, can't be in the Forte Society. She, right? she can't be in the Forte exactly. Society. Yeah. I'm with she you, girl. Admitted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to everybody, and so I learned what opera was and what good singing is and what it means to connect with someone in a foreign language. Mm. And so. how did you learn your foreign languages? I mean, because French is one of is one of the languages, but, but you Maybe. can sing in multiple languages when That's it comes correct. to opera. What, well, how did you learn those? When you decide you want to be a music major, then you're assigned different classes. So I took French language, mm-hmm. and I took French diction. I took Italian diction, but I never had Italian language. Mm. I took German language and German diction. So singing um, in a foreign language is different than speaking the, mm. the text. Um, so we have the language so we can be able to talk and conversate, but also how to sing it. So that's where the diction comes. Where in. did you go to college, by the way? I went to Morgan State University in nice. Baltimore, Maryland, yeah. got my undergrad um degree there and then I went on to Juilliard and got my master's. Wow yeah. that's awesome so you probably studied the languages even more at Juilliard. I did. I did. If I, everyone could know at an early age then mm-hmm. who they're going to be in the world what they're going to do yeah. that would be a gift right you just knew that that early age wow. I did I really did my, and I'm always so thankful that I get to do what I love. Yeah. Everybody can't say that like yeah. I get to go to work and do something it's not work it's really not work then. I'm just going to have fun and, and, and you can share tell my she loves passion. It. You can tell she loves yeah. it. Well, it says that you're a multi-award winning artist. So tell us, what awards have you won? Okay, so I've won the Layla Jensen Foundation Award. I've been a Met District Award winner. Mm. Um, what other awards have I done? Oh, I've done a Leontine Price Award that I've won first place. I also went to Bulgaria and I won the um, Christoph Boris Christoph International Award there as well. Wow, wow. that's so cool! I didn't know that one. Yeah, I didn't know that one. Wow. yeah, I did See, that now back you have, in two thousand. Pay her even more now. I do. Right? Oh goodness, <laughs> pressure's on. I have to say, what I'm most excited about with Kenethia's recital is a piece, Bacchianas Brasileiras, yes, which the, the by Villa Lobos, a Brazilian piece, and. Um, you know, if you're in the classical world, you're probably familiar with it. But if you're not, it is absolutely gorgeous. And mm, what's cool yeah. about Opera on Park is we can expose the audience to things that they wouldn't hear on what the stage. What does that title mean? Uh, like Bacchanal, Brazilian mm-hmm. Bacchanals. Oh. Bacchianas Brasileiras. So how long Portuguese. will this performance be, Kenithia, at Opera on the Park? On Park. On Park. So I programmed an hour program. Okay. And... That does not include the intermission, so I think and all the, the applause. Yeah, that <laughs> and all the so applause. there's an hour of singing, I should say. Great, and it's uh, yours is on August the sixth at two p.m. At 2 p.m. Great, yeah. and you can Gabe, you can get tickets to come see Kenethia. Where at? 
on our website, operlando.org. Okay. Um, also, well, you know, we sold out last year. So I would say tickets are available at the door, but better to buy them ahead of time. Get really. them yeah. ahead of time. You're definitely going to come see You also give a phone number here. I'll give it in a second so our listeners have a chance to get out a pencil and piece of paper. But besides Orla- operaorlando.org, you also have 407-512-1900. That's mm-hmm. right. So, Kenethia, uh, we, we may get to talk to you in the, in the next segment, but if we don't, I, I really want to hear you uh, tell young aspiring artists, um, what kept you going? You, you know, okay. you said uh, this voice came into me and yeah. I heard this and then right. I started training, went to Juilliard. But I'm sure there were days you're like, I should go do something else. This is really scary. Maybe not. But what would you say to aspiring young artists who are on the same journey as, as okay. you were? Okay, so the short answer is always follow your heart. Whatever Mm. your heart says, follow your heart. And I will admit, I did have other thoughts of doing something else. Um, I am not, I didn't come from a long line of singers in my family. As a matter of fact, my mother was tone deaf. I would say I tried to give her voice lessons once. (laughs) (laughs) Like, sing this note, and she just couldn't hit it. She couldn't, wow. so she was a cosmetologist and she owned two beauty salons for 30 years. Wow. So I was going to work in the beauty salon. I did work in the beauty salon ever since I was 12 years old and I could stand over top of the shampoo bowl. <laughs> I would shampoo hair and then some, occasionally I would be able to do rinse and those kinds of things. And um, so to f- have something to fall back on, um, everybody said, oh, you should get your cosmetology license. And I said... I'm purposely not going to mm. get my cosmetology license because I, I'm just going to have to make it. Mm. Failure was in not my an career. option for you. And yeah, it wasn't. So I followed my heart. I wanted to be a singer, and that's what I did. I what, like what's that. been one of your shining moments in your career? I mean, you've got awards and you've done some cool things, but what was a moment somewhere mm. in your career where you just said, wow. I'm so lucky to be doing this, and I'm so glad I Opera took this journey. Opera on Park with Opera Lando. Opera yes. on Park. That will be it for <laughs> right. sure. That will probably be the pinnacle <laughs> up until this moment. Um, let's see. So as you were asking that question, I just immediately went to a performance I did, Chocho San in California. Mm. And I had a group of 20 family, friends, acquaintances to fly all the way out there to come and see me in my performance. And it was because of my mother. She said, whenever you do Madam Butterfly, I'm coming to see you. I don't care if you're in wow. Europe. I don't know where you're going to be, but I'm coming. And so I was in California, and she said, I'm bringing everybody. And she did. Oh, my she goodness. She got together, everybody, my family, and we filled, they filled out like the middle section of the first two rows in the theater. And they came, and they saw me do that performance. And my youngest daughter was six years old then, and she had to watch me commit suicide uh, at the end. Mm. Was that hard for her? It was extremely hard for her. And oh. she thought that I really died on the Oh, stage. my no. goodness, poor baby. And so afterwards, oh. when she saw me and she oh. came running, she's like, Mommy, you're alive. It's <laughs> <laughs> an opera in and of itself, that right, moment. Exactly. I love that. Oh, my goodness. But having to do that and sing that role for my mother and then on the other spectrum for my daughter to have that reaction... That was wow. the best for wow. me. Well, the yeah. good news is that when we come back in just a few minutes, we will all still be alive. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and we want to thank you all for listening to Magic 107.7 right. FM from the heart.
<laughs> oh, it was so nice. I didn't want it to end. It was so beautiful. You made it seem so effortless. Thank effortless, you. effortless, effortless. Oh my goodness. Thea Mitchell. Beautiful. And, uh, as I was, we put it on live feed on Facebook. We rarely do that, but it was just seem worthy of it. Although I'm sorry that behind you we had right? OJ granted <laughs> parole. Oh, no. Not in my video. My Not video. I had, I had a better yeah. angle. Oh, I no. didn't. You and OJ <laughs> were doing the duet there. Oh but. gosh. Kanithia, we know you have to run, but thank you so much for thank for you telling again. your story and for mm. and for blessing us with your beautiful voice. Mm. And please go see her in Opera on Park on August the sixth. Uh, produced by Opera Orlando, and you can get tickets uh, on their website, and we'll talk more about that as this uh, segment goes on. So right. thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Beautiful, just beautiful. Thank Gabe, you. Gabe, you know how to find great talent. Goodness here, gracious. Here. She just showed up at my door one day. <laughs> she lives in Winter Garden where I live, and I was like, well, might as well, you know, do an opera now. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. She's amazing. We you love Kanifia. So question, how do you find your talent? Do you host a season auditions or um, we do yeah we do have season auditions usually uh in may or early summer uh but we also if you send in recordings we take the time to listen to those Uh, it's uh, amazing nowadays with the interwebs interwebs can do lots of things (laughs) what's a tip for someone who might want to send in one because they don't live close uh send it into auditions at operaorlando.org and include your resume and a headshot um, also include, you know, where you're from. If you're ever going to be in the area, it does make a difference for us to hear you in person and to meet you. Of course. Um, but so, if they are sending one, you, I'm sure you've seen a plethora and some that are just horrid. Should they have a live pianist? Uh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live pianist for sure. No tracks, gotcha. no tracks, please. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's and if, true. And if you, you know, are out there and have a career and have recordings of you with orchestra or doing a role, all the better. All the better. That's awesome. So you define, uh, you're redefining the operatic experience, but you define yourself as innovative, distinctive, exhilarating, and your mission is to produce high quality operatic entertainment and education to engage Central Florida audiences. Gabe, how are you doing that beyond, uh, you know, you have the Forte group that you're starting up and of course what happens on stage and and the immersive concerts. What else are you guys doing uh, when it comes to outreach, education, that's that's a part of the uh, Opera Orlando story. Sure thing. We have a Summer Opera Institute, which we do every year with UCF is our partner with that UCF's opera program. Nice. Um, Thomas Potter and Robin Jensen run that program, and they do a fabulous job bringing about 20 kids from across the country, uh, usually college age or post-college even. I mean, the age range has gone all the way up to 40. 40 is our magic number oh, today. We're talking a lot about 40. <laughs> Um, and it's an 11-day intensive program. And we're actually hoping to branch out and make that a bigger program moving forward and hopefully turn it into a young artist program, which mm. is a, a typical model for opera companies in the United States that uh, during the summer or during the year, they'll have young artist programs where they train these young artists and give them opportunities um, on the main stage and also to get coaching. You talked about languages earlier. Right. You know, you take these language classes, diction and language in college, but it's important to keep them up. You know, mm-hmm. so you have these coachings and that can be very expensive to pay for the top coaches in New York City. So these training programs can be very essential and fruitful for young singers. That's awesome. And you also have a youth company. You mentioned that in the first segment, yeah. but talk about it again in case somebody's just tuning in and how uh, families can get involved with this. I'm happy you brought that up because we have auditions for our youth company, which are separate from our, our main stage auditions. And those are August 26th and 27th. They're coming okay. up. Coming up They're coming up. Yeah. And if you're yeah. interested, please email uh, youth 
at operaorlando.org. Youth at operaorlando.org. What age? Well, we have elementary and middle school there together in one class, and then we have high school. So there's two different divisions of our youth company. So from elementary school age to high school age. And if someone knows that their child has a great voice and loves to sing, but they've never taken lessons, it's still open to them to come? Exactly. All the better. I mean, the requirement for the audition is to sing the Star Spangled Banner or <laughs> Happy Birthday, you know. Oh, great. So we, we want people um, that are just have a passion for performing and singing, and you learn so much about working with other people. It's not necessarily that we're hoping everyone will, will go to Juilliard and become the next Kenethia Mitchell. Would It would be great. But uh, it's a great program to teach about being a good citizen and a good teammate. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. It's funny you segued into that. What are some of the benefits, in your opinion, do children get out of learning a discipline in the arts? In particular with you, it's opera. But we ask this of many of our guests. Um, why the arts for children? And in right. your case, why opera? Um, opera is multidisciplinary. So there's there's lots of elements. And when you're able to see how those elements work together, like a, a big puzzle and see how the different uh, personalities have to work together. It teaches you a lot. <laughs> teaches mm. a lot about yourself, about the world. Um, the person on stage might get the applause, but he or she wouldn't be successful without the stage manager doing her job, without the lighting designer having the lights in the right spot. They always tease, you know, you singers better be good to your light manager, <laughs> <laughs> your light technician, because he's not going to light you in the, that key moment. Um, the stage director, the costume, hair and makeup, there's so many elements that go into opera. It is kind of the culmination of all art forms. So it's the ultimate expression of teamwork. Mm, what a great answer. I love yes, that. Yes. Ma Mary is speechless. Yeah. <laughs> That's guess, very rare. Gabe. I guess you I did got a well. good answer. You did good. <laughs> no, I love that. And I, I also, so you have these you know, masterpieces that you put on the big stage, the main stages, the big works. You have these immersive experiences like Opera and Park. You have a youth company. You have Summer Institute, but you also do a lot of outreach as well. And I've been able to know about that firsthand because oh. I know you guys come and do our summer camps uh, that we do right. in in under-supported neighborhoods like Paramore or Pine Hills, Bithlow. Um, they uh, Gabe uh, sends some of his team out so the kids can have experience and and get to know uh, opera as a genre. Uh, but we've been very other... grateful for that opportunity. We're hoping to do more of it. Uh, we hope you can too. It's really a very cool thing, and we're hoping to create more opportunities and more camps. So I think it's a, a good way for us to continue to to reach out into communities and help them experience different genres of the arts. But what are some other outreach things that you guys do and ways you give back to the community? Well, this year we something that we're lacking is an in-school program. Mm. And and so we're launching that initiative this year. And with the state and schools cutting funding for the mm. arts, it's important that we serve um, our students. Uh, so we're doing previews of our main stage in the schools and we'll bring our studio artists, is what we call them, our, our local singers. And they'll do a preview of the opera and then we'll have those kids come to an open dress rehearsal, an open rehearsal. Wow. So That's they can great, see Gabe. behind the scenes and, and then we'll go back with our singers and do a master class and have the kids sing for us, whether it's their song from Legally Blonde, the musical that they're working on. Great show. Great show. <laughs> um, and, uh, or, or maybe it's their solo and ensemble piece or their audition piece for college and you know, have a Q&A with our local artists and hopefully provide some mentorship opportunities for those kids too. Gabe, I'm curious, how difficult was it? How complicated was it to get to go into schools? Has, is that a lot of paperwork? Is it difficult? Yes, it is difficult, Mary. Yeah, and uh, we really need um, support in that arena. Um, luckily, we have people that are in our opera course that have some inroads who either teach at some of the local high schools. 
Uh, so Sarah Purser, one of mm-hmm. our, our fabulous chorus singers and has done some roles for us and will do roles for us, she's going to lead up this initiative. And I know she would love some support in reaching out to other high schools who might be interested in an opera uh, program in their school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but luckily we call on our friends like Jeff Redding at West Orange yeah. High School, who I've known for years, and say, hey, you better have us. We're coming, <laughs> we're coming to your school. you got to start somewhere, and, and hopefully people can see your good works and get excited about so it. So if someone out there is listening and they have an in in a school, maybe they are a school teacher or a school administrator, also they could go to your website and say, hey, we'll have you on. Bring yes. Kinesia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please reach out to us. Uh, you can always email info at operalando.org. Um, and we have all these new initiatives starting up. So now's the time to get Fantastic. in. I love yeah. that. Beautiful. You know, we get the, the honor of talking to so many artists and leaders on this show. And I can t- can't tell you the countless amount of times people have said, I am where I am today just because someone believed in me. Mm. And what a great vehicle you're, you're doing and allowing for in these masterworks and having these kids come to, to see the work and then coming back and investing in them. Who knows who you're going to believe in and who exactly. you're going to give a chance that might be the next mm-hmm. opera star. I love that. And create exactly. it, spark a new uh, passion for someone, and they end up doing that for a living, and they always remember you, and you might not ever know it. Well, and I'll never forget um, going to see performances when I was a kid or seeing it on TV. And, and, and nowadays, it's it's harder and harder to come by those opportunities. So to bring the kids to the uh, open rehearsal for La Boheme or for Cinderella and for them to see the behind the scenes, I think it's a really unique experience. Mm -hmm. It'll be eye-opening for them. Tell us about the 2017-2018 season. What's in store? Oh my goodness, only the best, (laughs) only the best. Well, we're kicking off with perhaps the most loved opera of all time, La Boheme, Mm. which was inspired by Rent. The musical. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, wait. There, no. Other way around. I got Josh. I got <laughs> Josh. Rent was inspired by La Boheme, of course. But That's La awesome. Boheme, beautiful score by Puccini. Uh, we're setting in the 1920s in Paris, and that will be at the Pew Theater. Uh, we have uh, met soprano Cecilia Violetta Lopez singing the role of Mimi. Mm. Some of you might remember her. She was in our One Voice Orlando benefit concert mm-hmm, last mm-hmm. year for the Pulse Tragedy. Uh, also, Ben Goley, who has done concerts I here. I remember uh, that. Do you remember she Cecilia? She's amazing, yeah. She, she is amazing. I call her voice scrumptious because <laughs> it just, it just is. It just, just makes you feel delicious. Versatile, too. Yes, it's totally versatile yeah. and, and empathetic. She'll be a beautiful Mimi for us. Um, and then we we are bringing back among the Night Visitors in mm. December. It's kind of, you know, our, our Christmas tradition, our holiday tradition. Uh, but it'll be a different production, a different version of Among the Night Visitors. And we're also, I just got this confirmed today, we're doing it at Gaylord Palms as oh, part wonderful. of their ICE uh, festival that yeah. they do. And the theme Perfect. is Christmas around the world. So they called us up and asked if we would bring Among the Night Visitors out there. And, wow, that's wonderful. And we're doing that with the Philharmonic and the Ballet, our Very partners cool. with that project. Are you by chance any, doing anything with Creative City Project or Immerse, it's being called this year? This is our first year that we're going to get involved with them. And, I'm so uh, glad. Yeah, what maybe are you going to do? Ma- a little preview of La Boheme, hopefully up in the balcony of 55 West. We'll see. We're still, <laughs> we're still uh, playing around with Cole and trying to figure out what would be best. But what, they're such a great group, yes. such a creative. Yes. <laughs> I hate to be obvious, but they are a creative group. They are group. creative. They're yes. awesome. It's wonderful that more and more of our guests here are all being a part of that as well it should be because that's what we're all about. Yes, yes. So you can go to operaorlando.org. That's your website and see yes. all about the season and all about these different programs we've talked about. And people can also donate on your website because if right. they want to invest in, in what you're doing in our community, they also can buy tickets uh, as well. And right. if somebody wants to volunteer, get involved, uh, how would they Costume, do that? Costume, sets, whatever. Oh, gosh. Uh, write info at operaorlando.org. Let us know if you're interested in volunteering. Um and donating is always the best part, you know, as a, as a nonprofit arts group, ticket sales 
only cover about 30 to 40 percent mm-hmm. of our cost. Opera is expensive because, mm-hmm. again, it's that culmination of all mm-hmm. art forms. But we luckily have great partners. I should mention one more thing. I know we are running short Please on do. time. We have Cinderella in March, and that's actually going to be conducted by Eric Jacobson oh, from the great. Phil, kind of part of our partnership with them, and we're excited to have him involved. It'll be his debut with Opera Orlando. Oh, so. beautiful. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Oh. So li- what an exciting lineup, too, yes. and very um, recognizable. Like, yeah. you know, there there are things that have been done here, but they're they're very accessible titles so mm-hmm. people can who doesn't Gabe, want to see Cinderella? What a treat exactly. having you on today. You're a pleasure to have as a guest. Thank you, Mary. And thank Always you for the great work here. that you're doing. Keep it up. And we're so happy and proud that opera is so strong through Opera Orlando in our community. So Keep up the great work. We're not going anywhere. You're so. not. We're Thank not going to let you. All right. <laughs> Mary, yes, always a pleasure, always my friend. Pleasure. You don't go anywhere either, okay? You don't either. All We've right. got a lot more leaders, a lot more artists to talk to, Thank and goodness. a lot more love to spread through the Thank arts. Goodness. We'll see you next week, listeners. Thanks for checking us out. Magic 107.7 FM from the heart.